Hello and welcome to Trek Companion. This is episode 144. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I'm Adam Cecil. I'm Stephen Embry. And today we're discussing Star Trek Enterprise's fourth season episodes, Dataless and Observer Effect. Here we go. Dataless Season 4, Episode 10, Production Number 410. Original air date, January 14th, 2005. Directed by David Strayton, written by Ken Lezebnik and Alan Brennert. Music composed by Paul Belergen. Guest cast include Bill Cobbs as Dr. Emery Erickson, Leslie Silva as Danica Erickson, Donovan Knowles as Quinn, and Noel Manzano as Burroughs. Old family friends of Captain Archer, Dr. Emery Erickson and his daughter, Danica, beam aboard Enterprise to test new sub-quantum transporter technology Erickson has developed. Catching up, Danica confines in Archer that her father has not been himself since the loss of her brother, Quinn, some 15 years ago in an earlier transporter experiment. After they arrive in the Barrens, a subspace noid void of starlight to test Erickson's new work, a strange anomaly is detected on the ship. Crewman Burroughs is sent to investigate, but is found dead, having been exposed to high levels of Delta radiation. A man is dead, and we're responsible. I'm not going to go along with this anymore. Listen to me. No, no, we got to tell him the truth. Danny. Daedalus. Boy, they do I have a lot of problems with this episode. You know, I think that there's that it's actually a decent idea. We've talked about episodes that that um that were probably not great ideas to begin with and they were kind of never going to be good. I think there's an interesting idea in here even if the idea in here is probably still, you know, made up of several things that we've already seen on Star Trek. I think that this episode is bad and it just doesn't work and and it's and it's and it's legitimately kind of bad and it's probably um one of the few kind of just kind of cruddy episodes from season 4. So far, certainly so far, it's the only, except maybe the, you know, the uh, first episode, which is more like the end of season three. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to get into why I think it's a kind of bad episode. But uh, what are you guys' first thoughts? Is this, are you guys as down on this as I'm going to be? I probably not going to be as down on it as you are. I do have one, one, um, major problem with this episode and that's the um that's the interaction between um archer and trip um i thought it went um just to kind of get into it you know the first time when trip is very against um archer's idea of you know trying to save um quinn's life i'm like okay makes sense but the second time i thought it was a little bit over the top it was so much over the top that i felt like they needed to have a scene where the two of them kind of make up um, because it it, yep. I, it was just really bad. It was one of those things where you know you'd want to quit your job if you <laughs> if yeah. you just got no fight they're, with your boss that bad. They're um, shouting I, each other. Our uh, trip says you're putting your personal feelings above the safety of this ship, and Archer says you're on the verge of being insubordinate. Do your job, and he's yelling at him, and and that's the last scene of that conflict. And there's no. I don't, I don't. I don't always have to have resolution, but there needed to be something. And there yeah, was that, nothing. that was. I would agree. Yeah, there needed to be something because, I mean, they're both right to an extent, but Archer is more right than he is because you know you're trying. There's, there's a chance to save a person's life. You do it. So um, I, I just, I didn't quite see why they needed to go that far with that um, conflict there. 
between the two of them. You know, it, it, it occurred. Now, if we, I don't think we need to talk about that sort of nitty gritty, but actually, I probably sided more with Chip um, than Archer. But regardless, um, like I was wondering at the end during that sequence uh, where they bring Quinn back, um, maybe they could, they should have had, uh, you know, Emery insist on doing something something with the ship that would have been unsafe because he thinks it was going it would help save his son uh something that would be very clearly unsafe to the point where archer finally has to understand and side with trip you know and and stop emery you know and and that would have had two things one it would have made it it would have it would have given a little bit of resolution to this thing you we we're just talking about also it would have slightly made the episode a little bit about one of our characters because that's why this fa- that that's one of the many reasons the whole episode fails but that's why that particular conflict fails because we don't get a resolution to that that's our character that's the conflict our characters here's their drama and their conflict that isn't resolved no. that gets nothing that gets no mind you know and that's what we need. That's what we want. That's what we care about. There were times in watching this episode when I was thinking, there are parts of this that remind me of The Visitor. If The Visitor, uh, if all the emotional family stuff in The Visitor were about characters that we've never seen born before and don't give a crap about. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought watching this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's lots of other reasons I'm going to talk about that I don't like this episode. Uh, but but that's my, my first response there to that or, um, trip conflict, Steve. Yeah, I mean, I it's kind of yeah, it's mediocre at best. I think a lot of it is it doesn't. I mean, we've already alluded to this, but it to some extent, it's like the the, the writers don't sound like they, they sound like they just kind of dropped them in here and they got some very loose briefing on what the characters are about and then tried to write for them. You know, like they don't, they don't, you know, it's almost generic in a sense, you know, it's like, it's, here's a, here's a concept and let's put it on this show. And, and that's why some of the characters don't sound like themselves or something, you know, like the, these writers don't know these characters. That's kind of what I felt. Maybe they were taken over by corporeal aliens. For the <laughs> hmm. Um, but right, you know, just a little bit. I didn't mind the storyline. I didn't mind, you know, the it was an interesting concept of you know having um, an old family friend who was friends with Archer's father. Um, that, somebody, that, somebody who some trip cool looked Star up Trek history somebody, stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody who trip. Yeah, that dinner obviously scene. looks looks up to. Yeah, yeah, that dinner scene where Emery is talking about the arguments he used to have with Henry Archer and like Henry thought warp drive was the future and he Emery thought uh transporters were the future that's some cool trek history stuff that I that I did find interesting but even that there's like some canonical stuff that's baffling didn't we just find out um Henry died when Archer was 12 mhm remember yes. we were commenting on that wow we didn't realize it was so young but okay um Listeners, please correct me if I'm wrong, but we just found that out a couple episodes back. Uh, Archer has a line in this episode. Um, the day before I entered flight training, I asked my dad something, right? So, like, he started flight training when he was, like, 11. <laughs> <laughs> right? Mm. What am I missing, right? Yeah. Mm. Sloppy writing. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Um, so, uh, yeah... 
Um, that, yeah, there's 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 stuff in here that definitely reminded me of like Daystrom, the original series. Mm-hmm. That's kind of neat. You know, he's like trying to relive his. You know, he he had this one technological uh, feat when he was younger, and he spends the rest of his life trying to like live up to that or come up with something else, and that's going to push him to do unsafe things. You know, and and that's that's interesting. That's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, again. I'd, I'd like for them to bring it back to one of our characters, but, but you know, that's interesting. But, for example, here's a fundamental thing about this. The first half of this episode, and even the last half is referencing it the whole time, is that they had to lie to get on board, to get Enterprise to go help with this test or whatever. And I can't help but wonder why the subterfuge. Oh, we get one line from him that says, from Emery, where he says Starfleet would never have approved. Why? What's the problem? What's the big deal? What's going on? What am I missing? Did Did you guys think this? Because that is the the setup for all the subterfuge, you know, for the lying, and then the, and then that's that that's what provides the conflict with Trip because you know he has to like be suspicious and check into it, and oh he's they're they're doing all this stuff. Why I don't know, but why? Why would that possibly have been some big deal? No, I, I kind of agree with you, Brian, about that. You know, like if there's a chance to save not just his son's life, but anybody's life who's out there that, you know, if they feel like he's still out, you'd, you'd think Starfleet would be more, at least somebody would be more supportive of helping him do this. So it was a little bit weird. And I was, I liked how um, <laughs> at the end, um, Archer's like, with Danica, I'm, you know, hope to see you out here. And like, no, you're looking, she's a conspirator. So they're not going to ever let her be on a Star Trip, Starship. Mm-hmm. Again, it's kind of the same story where, like, say that you knew nothing about Star Trek or this series or anything, and then you watch this, and some of these things, you know, there's not wouldn't be the best, right? But you wouldn't have these thoughts, right? Because you don't know anything about it. And that's what makes me question <laughs> how did the people that wrote it, how much knowledge do they have of this series and and Star Trek and all this stuff? I mean, it's just, it's just again, it's kind of just feels generic who, or something. Who wrote this one? Um, Ken Lezebnik and Alan Brennert. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I think those are staff writers. I don't think so. I, don't. I, w- I will say this, Brian, though. I I did enjoy the performances, even though, you know, seeing Tripp and Archer get into a weird fight. I thought their performances were good. I, I yeah. thought the, the gentleman who played Emery did a good job. I thought the performance... Mostly. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. I, I didn't think the daughter was very good. Yeah. Um, uh, well, she was just, she didn't have much to, there wasn't much there for her. Yeah. You know, there were a couple of scenes with, uh, like two scenes with Trip and T'Pol that were short, but I liked those. I thought mm-hmm. there was something interesting in there. We had, like, the, kind of near the end, we had, um, we had Phlox tell her that, that she is free of Panar syndrome, and she's, you know, so she's able to, um, you know, really try and, and, and focus on these intellectual things and ignore these emotions. And she's reading the, uh, the what, the Kirshara. Um, and she goes to Trip, and he seems to be understanding. Those scenes, and they and, and I, when I say they were brief, that's not a, that's not a knock. I think they were the perfect length. Um, but those, I like those scenes, and those scenes were our characters. Um, and they were in character. 
you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, it get we know it gives us somewhere now for Chapal to go during this season. I like thinking about because I know where they're going to get by the end of the season. Well, the penultimate episode. <laughs> I know where they're going to get by then, and I know where she is now, and that's I mean that's interesting and that's cool. But you know, especially because we're about to when we finish talking about this episode. Hang on, listeners, stay with me. We're going to talk about what I think is probably. It's certainly my favorite episode of Enterprise, and to me, it's probably the best uh, episode of Enterprise. So, it's Daedalus is by no means the worst episode of Enterprise, but it might be the worst episode of season four. Um, maybe <laughs> I don't remember quite all, and yeah, that first episode wasn't so great. Um, but you know, it's interesting to go between these two because Observer Effect is going to have in Arguably, you could say Observer Effect has less to do with our with our main characters than we would than we're saying we would like. But I would I'm going to make the argument that even though there's little of it, it's so focused and everything is centered around, for example, Archer and who he is uh, in Observer Effect um, that it's all worthwhile. So, I I remember. Did really, I remember really, really, really disliking Daedalus when it first aired. I remember like really, hey, kind of. I, I'm sorry, I'm going to use a word I try not to use on our podcast. I remember hating it when it first aired, like really hating it. I, I was so upset at Daedalus. I like it was the first episode where I just thought, I remember this. I really remember this. It was the first episode of Enterprise where I, where I started thinking like most of the other Star Trek fans I knew at the time. Uh, who were kind of thinking maybe Star Trek needs to go away for a while. I remember this was the episode that made me really kind of think it because all the all the story stuff that maybe is interesting had been done. I can name, I mean, I mentioned Visitor, but there are other, even more closer episodes. There was a, a Voyager episode, for example. Um, so So the story stuff had all been done better before. And even then, kind of the realization of this episode just felt the, the writing, like we're talking about, the writing, there were just lazy, silly things in it. Um, there was, I actually didn't particularly care for the performances, especially uh, the daughter. That seems some of the directing is kind of like, what, what, who's doing, what is going on? That, that scene with um, where Quinn is kind of materializing, and there's like a quick zoom on, on, um, Emery's face. Oh, yeah, says, yeah. I can't let him go. I'm like, oh my God, what show am I watching? <laughs> By the way, 12 seconds later, he's like, okay, I'm ready to let him go. <laughs> like, uh, what show is this? And who is it about? Because I don't know who this guy is, you know? So, yeah, I remember really hating Daedalus and it being kind of a turning point for me um, with Enterprise. And while all these years later, maybe I'm just a. I've gotten calmer in my old age. Um, I don't feel like hatred to this episode like I once did. What is this episode about, guys? Letting go. I guess, you know, you're talking about that. You you have to let go of um, loved ones when they're not going to be able to be being back onto the pad. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Once, Once a loved one's pattern is disintegrated beyond uh, yeah you have to let them go 
I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess letting go, but you know, you were talking about who's this focusing on and, and oftentimes when, when the focus is on a guest actor and, and one that's not, the performance isn't like outstanding and someone we've seen a lot, a lot of times that's, that's one of the clues that there's a problem, right? So, I mean, it's, it's this Emery Erickson that's having to let go and meanwhile to do so he um, causes our people to argue amongst themselves and do things they probably shouldn't be doing and so on and so forth. So, You know, there's some other themes there, you know, I guess the B story would be um, what, Tucker and DePaul? You know, they're a little thing, you know, it's just accepting change and new things in your life. I don't know, might be a reach there, but and what was the point of the Archer trip stuff, you think? Yeah, I don't know. All right. <laughs> yep. Don't like it. All right, moving on. Let's do... Six Degrees for Daedalus. <clears throat> uh, sorry, neither of our episodes today had recurring actors at all. This episode had two guest stars that didn't come back, and of course, Observer Effect has none. So, we will just be doing kind of regular trivia today. But it's okay. I got a couple hard ones. <laughs> um, let's see. Steve. Yes. Leslie Silva plays Danik Erickson, Emery's daughter. She previously starred in a sci-fi show with Peter Weller that Manny Cotto created. Name it. Hmm. I don't know. Adam? Don't know. Odyssey 5. That was a very tough one, I know. Uh, Adam, in Greek mythology, Daedalus was an inventor who shared what tragedy with Emery Erickson? Um, the loss of his legs? No. Steve? Mm, loss of a son? Yes, I'll give that one to you. I was looking for, he killed his son. But Ooh. yeah, I, the way I worded my question, I'm going to give that to you. All right, Steve has one. Moving on. Observer Effect, Season 4, Episode 11, Production Number 411. Original air date, January 21st, 2005. Directed by Mike Beeger. Written by Judith Reeves-Stevens and Garfield Reeves-Stevens. Music composed by Dennis McCarthy and Kevin Kiner. <laughs> Lieutenant Reed and Ensign Mayweather play chess while serving as hosts to non-corporeal aliens. The aliens take a keen interest in examining the human response to a crisis and compare them to previous reactions by Klingons and Cardassians. The crisis in this case is a highly contagious silicon-based virus that Commander Tucker and Ensign Sato contracted while on a away mission. Do you think our hosts will die tonight? It's possible. For some of the species that have come here, I've seen the whole crew die. For others, only a few. But somebody always dies. Always. I remember when this episode first aired. And I, watching this episode for me, to me, was like, like Inner Light, The Visitor, um, Far Beyond the Stars. It was, it was that level of good to me. Um... Now, in the years past, it certainly seems like everybody likes it and says positive things about it. I don't usually see it on people's favorite list from Enterprise. I don't usually hear people say it's the best episode. Uh, like I've 
always felt. Um, so I realized that I'm a little extreme on this one. Um, and I realized that it's very odd that my favorite episode of, Enter- episode of Enterprise is one with no guest stars. It's all on the ship. You know, <laughs> This had to have been like the cheapest episode they made the whole time. Okay, maybe Shuttlepod 1 or something. Um, who directed this one, Steve? Um, Mike Beecher. Okay, so a veteran. Yeah. Um, I think this episode is so well done. Now, I recognize that this script probably could have been modified to have worked on the other shows. I don't know that it would have worked quite as well, but you could have done this. It's hard to watch this episode or think about the script and say, that's an Enterprise script, which I know is, is what they're all, you're always trying to do. I'm not sure this meets that test, which is why you know maybe it is just you know one notch below those greatest ever type episodes for me. But still, this is the only episode of Enterprise that I find incredibly exceptional uh, superb and unique and I'm I just want to use a lot of adjectives for it because I really I, I just I really love this episode and I think it's I think so much of it is that it's just everything in the in the last one kind of in every little way it kind of missed the mark or had a little problem here and there in this episode at every stage it's it's perfect um, it's also a very um, courageous script. Um, I, I, you know, I played this one with my spouse, and um, and she's a smart woman. I wouldn't have married her otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there were things in this episode that that she was a little confused about, um, because I do think that this one you have to be pretty well versed in Enterprise. For example when there's a subtle little shift between, I think when they leave, um, when they're talking about, let's go, let's go ho- use, uh, the doctor and to Paul, they don't even say her name though. The science officer, they don't, they don't say people's names. Um, lots of little consistent, great things in the writing here. Um, when, uh, they say, let's go host, use them as hosts. And then when they leave, from there, it's all very subtly done. I mean, it's literally a look between Reed and Mayweather that tells you they're back in those guys. You know, the music is is very good in this episode too, and it helps a little bit. But if you don't know what the baseline is for a lot of these characters, you know, like mm-hmm. the opening scene between Mayweather and Reed, if you didn't know Enterprise fairly well or Star Trek better than the average person, uh, you wouldn't understand what's going on in that scene. Mm-hmm. Like we all do, uh, so from that sense, it's it's a courageous episode, um, but I think it's it's totally worth it. Um, so I'm talking a lot, and I'm still going to have a lot more to say, but I'm curious um, if you guys are as big on this one as I am, <laughs> as up on this one as I am. But also, I mean, does it seem like it's like I never this episode never felt like it was in the zeitgeist the way it deserved to be like some of these others. I don't know. This I mean this this to me is like is like Enterprises if not City on on the edge forever, like right underneath that, you know. Um so how do you guys how did do you guys how did you feel at the time? How do you feel now? Do you do you think I'm in the minority? 
Go ahead, Steve. Um, yeah, I, I really like this episode. I would have to do – I'd have to like go through all of them and thoroughly analyze in order to make a leap to say that's my favorite Enterprise episode. But it's got to be in the top three or something, you know. Um, and, I, you know, I think – I remember back when I saw it, and I remember I did like it. And I did appreciate it, but I think over the years, as I've um, expanded my horizons and how much I've uh, viewed and read and this kind of stuff, now I appreciate it even more. And I think because to me, it's it, it has that feel of going like like the best Star Trek episodes do. You know, the ones that are like single episodes that can stand alone as some kind of great science fiction story. This is like that, like. Um, like you mentioned inner light and so far, but I also thought the really great twilight zone episodes. Um, mm. and, and I thought that even before I listened to the commentary and turns out the writers had some, one of them commented that they, there were certain things that felt twilight zone about it. Um, when it's, um, when it's something that like sci-fi, the science fiction can only be science fiction and yet, um, have a message yet do it in some new creative way that I haven't seen a million times before. And, you know, all those kind of things coming together. And I think that's, what makes it so good. And, and, you know, I, th- I think, um, thank God they needed to save money and do something like this, you know, cause it could easily be, it easily be ruined by, um, yeah, by, by trying to do something fancier with the budget or do something beyond the, the, just the, the looks and the subtle changes to know what's going on and stuff. But, but yeah, I, I really dig this episode. And then on, as a bonus, it has a ties to the original series with the reference yep. to the, you know, so it's, and then it also makes it great for Trek fans too, in that sense. So yeah. I love that they don't say that. I mean, that's like the very end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's a throwaway thing too, mm-hmm. but it's at the end. So yeah. Adam. Yeah. I liked it. I don't know if I liked it as much as you two did, but yeah, I thought it was a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I was watching the clock. I think I talked for like seven minutes and then Steve went on for a, for, especially for Steve, a long time for Steve. And then Adam, I liked it. Not as much as you guys. Well, it's about <laughs> bouncing it out, you know, kind of yeah. time on time here and stuff. Yeah. Hey, I, totally I wouldn't say I was blown. I wouldn't say I was blown away by it, but it's a good episode. Well, I think that you might be more in the majority because like I said, I don't seem to see this on people's lists. Um, um, but I always found that baffling. Um, so why? I mean, you liked it. You just said it was good, but well, you, you were compa- you compared it to a lot of it's a lot of giants, a lot of giants in um in the Star Trek realm. Um, and I think if you wanted to, uh, if you're asking me why I don't think it's as good as what you and Steve think. I don't think it has the um, the emotion that some of those, like The Visitor or um, Tapestry or anything like that. It's it's a good episode. Don't get me wrong. It's a good episode. It's got a lot to say. It's good, but it does it lacks it lacks that kind of emotional inward pull for me, at least. I don't you know I don't come away going, oh my god, that was breathtaking i was a you know i'm well, kind of just I, came I, away I going you know this is a good episode you know i see what you're saying say. and I, I i would like to point out a scene that is very to me works really well uh in, on an emotional level whenever um hoshi kind of gets out aside from the fact that you're like aghast you know <laughs> that oh my god you know it, the, the episode is so well done for me that i'm so like you know um 
concerned for the welfare of the ship. Uh, and she gets out, and you're like, oh, my God. Um, but when Trip goes to get her, and he, it's almost like an embrace, but he's so exhausted, and he tells her, you know, that, I don't remember exactly. He says something like, oh, I remember what he says, the captain won't let us down, you know, and he brings her back. Um, I thought that was, was very touching and emotional because we also have had, at that point too, we've, we've had a couple of scenes um, literally, I think we've had two, like one trip scene and, and one Hoshi scene where they're telling personal things. And we get a lot of character stuff in this episode too, even though it always feels like we're observing, observer effect. Um, uh, because we've had that too, that makes that, that moment when he brings her back all the more emotional for me. Um, so it, to me, this one was... There, okay, put it another way. There would have been some obvious, easy, it sounds like a negative connotation, so I don't really want to use the word easy, but I can't think of a better word, so I will. There would have been some obvious, relatively easy moments to elicit an emotional response in me in this episode. For example, when people die. They could have dragged that out. They could have had, uh, uh, you know, tell my, you know, tell Porthos I love him. I don't know. Um, they could have done that sort of thing. And we've seen that before, uh, but they didn't. You know, they they but they, they did. Went. They did do that in this episode. There, where Archer, he just got the disease, and he's like, has that little kind of corny talk with DePaul about you're the captain. No, now. but that's a very that's not. You no, know, I'm talking about you know like the deathbed sequence, emotional, teary eyed. They don't they don't go for anything like that at all. In fact, the, in fact, the scene you just referenced is it further makes is is the point that I'm making. You know, that they don't go for any of that kind of stuff. Even in that kind of moment, Archer just says, here's the way it is. You know, do great. That's it. Um, yeah, I kind, of, I kind of thought that was a corny. <clears throat> it was a bit corny. And also, you were talking about um, the scene with Hoshi. And it was nice to see them get to, you know, talk about themselves and kind of thing. But it, to me, it was a little bit out of character what Hoshi had to say. You know, she got into a fight with her commanding officer and then she got thrown out. It just seemed out of character for her from what they've set her up as this whole time. I mean, it was kind of well, nice. That's, but what it, kinda... that's what made it fun for me was, hey, look, the goody two-shoes girl did something crazy. Yeah. You know, I think that's what they were going for. Yeah, it was just, to me, it was like, well, this is completely out of anything they've shown of her in the last three years. So when you asked me why I wasn't like blown away by the episode, that was the scene with Archer and DePaul at the end I thought was a bit corny. I didn't particularly care for um, Hoshi's, you know, poker game story you know that just kind of to me kind of came out of the blue i just yeah i mean like i said i like this episode but i would i wouldn't put it anywhere near as other episodes that you talked about well like i said i think that i'm i'm in the minority maybe steve is in the minority um because i think more people uh think of it the way you do adam um well, I, I wonder. I mean, well, I think it's it's very unusual, you know, because I I agree I agree in a sense with you know Adam what you said about the emotional weight thing, but it depends on in what fashion you define that, you know, like you know I well, love let, me, let, let me put it this way, you know, going into this episode, nobody's gonna die, right? So there's there's no weight there. So when you're talking about the visitor, you don't know what exactly is going to happen out of that episode because it's totally out of context with anything that's DS9. True. It's totally, totally different. Going into this episode, you know that 
that Tucker and Sato, even though they're going to oh, be really hang sick, on. they're, they're going to come. I, hang on, hang I on. They're going to there, like in, they're, in the they're going to come. I'm, I, let me finish. What I'm saying is, I'm. There was never a point in my, in, at any point in time where I thought in this episode that anybody's going to die. Yeah, but the death in the visitor is just as real slash non-real as the death seer. I mean, people did die in this no, episode. I would, oh, oh, totally disagree. Total, totally, totally disagree. Somebody At actually the end died. of it, is everybody back? Yes. Yes, absolutely. At the end of the visitor, somebody did die. And then he, he's brought back to life as a younger guy. But the, the Jake, and you know, we're just using just the audience out there, we're just using the visitor as an example because I consider that one of the greats of Star Trek. The Jake character does die. He does leave. We don't. There, that character is gone. There will never be that that Jake that we saw in that episode. It'll be a totally different Jake because of the way the timeline. That that Jake in about eighty years or something. No, you won't. You will never see that Jake because he's not going to have the same kind of circumstances. Alternate timeline, yeah. Alternate timeline and circumstances that that Jake did. Well, I think. Here, here's where right. I was, was going to uh, say on that is I think that I think it's true in a certain type of emotional heft that inner light and visitor have this doesn't have but it's it's just different like I'll, I'll describe my, a, a standard viewing of these episodes a standard viewing like I do it like every weekend or something but it's, but I've done it, I've done it enough to be able to tell you what happens if I'm watching the visitor I'll like tear up like five or six times maybe even if I start blubbering or something right and inner light I definitely will at the end. And so on and so forth. So what happens on what happened to me on this one is I get through it all, the credits start rolling, and then I I, I watch it with my wife and I describe why I think it's great, and I almost tear up describing why I love science fiction. And I, I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense, but it, it's it's a different it's a different kind of it's a different kind of thing. I'm not saying it is. I still would say. The Visitor and or The Inner Light, my favorite Trek, you know, episodes, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. That's cool. It's just, I think this is, this is, this is unique. You know, it's almost got this kind of, this thing like, I feel like I'm watching science fiction do what science fiction does best in the same way like the best Twilight Zone does or like, I don't 2001 A Space Odyssey or, some, or stuff like that. It's a different kind of feel. Yeah. And, and I would say it's not just that it's unique for Star Trek. I think it's unique in 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 a, in a more general way as well and and yes i would agree yes of course uh visitor inner light these 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 are even more amazing episodes um i you know i would i would pick them over if i had to make a list like that <laughs> right, but right. um i think that's a really good way of pointing pointing it out like this is just so different it in that sense i would put and we're not talking about what I like better or not, but like the visitor and the inner light are way more similar in in Star Trek in in sci-fi, but in Star Trek, you know, uh, this one. I mean, th- those two episodes are a lot more similar. Similar, they have a lot more in common with a lot of episodes of Star Trek that maybe aren't nearly as good. But this episode observer effect is so unique in all of Star Trek and really in sci-fi for me. It, it's 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 really fascinating that. This episode maintains such a unique and consistent tone from start to finish. Um, it, this has been an enlightening, com- enlightening conversation for me because, uh, of course, I completely, 100%, um, respect you, uh, Adam. And, you know. Um, well, you guys were talking about, like, I hate this episode. I don't. I don't no, no, no. I don't mean that. But, but I, you, the, this episode you, does I hit on a. Good. 
the one the thing that I do like about this episode, it hits on what is Star Trek. It hits on that because it t- it's the themes in this episode. Um, obviously, you know, you have these these alien corporeal aliens who think humanity is in line with everybody else. They're going to do what everybody else does. They're going to let their let these people die. They're not going to show compassion. They're not going to show love. And what this episode does hit on is that there is an you know there is a theme here that's that's in Star Trek is that humanity will rise above those things and surprise you with their compassion and ability to strive to be better um, than what they are. So it, it hits on those themes, and that's why I think it's a good episode. But um, I'm not blown away by it. Yeah, just put it that way. I think that um, it's one of those things where so much of it for me is is as I'm watching it, little little things, just just nonstop, all these subtle little things. Um, that, that I'm also a sucker for um, technical stuff and and technique. I think the technique in this episode is is the best. You could possibly, I I think one could make the argument that this technically speaking, is the best hour of Star Trek ever. Um, You know, it was not nearly as complex as a lot of the other stuff with special effects and things, but just from a technical standpoint, and when I say technical, I'm talking about, like, technique and um, um, the way it's shot, the way it's cut, the way the music brings you from one piece to another, the the performances, all all those kinds of things. So I'm not even so much talking about the writing, although I, I... obviously really like the writing in here. I like the writing of this episode so much that, you know, it was just one of those ones where I always remembered who wrote it. Um, but I, I, you know, we all kind of get different things out of Star Trek and watch Star Trek differently. And over the years that we've been doing our podcast, uh, the three of us tend to completely agree more often than not. And I'm not saying by not agreeing with us, you are saying this is bad. I completely, yes, you, it, you're saying it's good. But I think it's um, um, probably been a, made for a more interesting discussion here that, <laughs> um, you know, that I feel like I understand your point of view better now, even if I don't share it. <laughs> um, and uh, in, this, in this case, you know, that helps me understand better why uh, – I don't know why this episode isn't brought up every time I go to a convention. I mean, it never, I've never heard it brought up or it's never on the list of people's, you know, best episode or something of Enterprise. Um, what I kind of liked best about that was the humorous um, parts of this episode. I love the Reed Mayweather discussions. I found, found them to be more humorous than anything. And the, what was it, the scene when Mayweather was at the, the window asking him all those questions? I found those those moments just to be kind of funny when he's bothering Trip about stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was funny. I, I, like, I thought that uh, the, some of the creepy stuff in this episode mm. was crazy creepy, like horror movie creepy. Like when they stop mid conversation, we're being observed. You know, it's like holy crap. Yeah, um, and like and like Flock's looking at the monitor and seeing him talking. It's just like you know, it, crap. it's. Right, yeah. it's, just, it's like yeah. this is can't you know in that whole sequence. I mean, you don't you don't, you don't really feel like something's going to happen. Like someone's just going to get their throat slashed or something crazy <laughs> go on. Yeah. But it's it is just unnerving. But it's know? 
it's yeah, unnerving is a good word too. It's it's weird to watch an episode and like the, and and uh, of Star Trek, and we're Star Trek nuts on this show, <laughs> obviously. Uh, it's weird to watch an episode of Star Trek and just think about um, the Star Trek people in this show have less than zero power. Wide, they have no power. They are completely <laughs> underwater this entire episode, and you know it's always going to be that way. And if you ever questioned it, that moment when Flax comes up there and sees the two of them talking. <laughs> and you're like, oh my god! And this is like, and then all of a sudden they come in as um, Archer and T'Pol. Which, by the way, I really love that T'Pol is the mentor of the aliens, and, and Archer is, you know, the Mayweather mm. uh, alien. Um, they come in, and you know, um, you realize, you know, okay, they're gonna wipe Fox's memory. So we thought for a second maybe the Star Trek people were up on them. Nope, 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 nope. That's not how this episode is playing. Yeah, really. I, I love that, that, and that's a very, very unusual of Star Trek. And again, I go back to the word courageous, which I'm, is a word that I'm using because this is a family-friendly podcast, but I really want to use a different word. Um, <laughs> because you're showing our heroes in a very powerless light. That is not a positive way to show your heroes. If it weren't for that kind of redemption uh, for the human species that Archer gives us uh, by you know, being willing to sacrifice himself to save his crew or at least try to save his crew, um, it would almost be like, um, I could see how maybe the actors wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't yeah. feel comfortable with some of this stuff. Well, and that's what's so cool, you know, so, you know, it is ultimately the, the powerless, 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 yet, the, nonetheless, the captain comes through in a sense that he's the one that says the right stuff, even though obviously one of the aliens was leaning that direction. And and this is an example of, we've you know, we've hit, ever so often we've talked about Scott Bakula and the acting style and what he kind of brings to the show. And we question like that, that gritty, when it gets gritty or angry or mean, and we kind of like, eh, I don't know. But then what I think was, was incredible was that, that end because, you know, he's saying, you know, he's, he's his humanity speech, but also his reaction to his crew dying and then being reanimated and all the, what's going across his face and taking it in and then delivering that speech to them. I mean, I thought that was it, awesome. It's so fast. Like this is an amazing, incredible nutty situation. But he's over that in about half a second. Because <laughs> what he cares about is saving his crew. Yeah. All this other stuff be damned. You know? It's great. Yeah, it shows you everything about it it, it, it makes the whole episode um about yeah, humans, but about Archer, you know, and it's one of those things too, it's like that's the moment when it's it is that it's that it's briefly uh uniquely enterprise because um you know, the other captains, I think, might have reacted differently. Yeah, I'm not saying they would have let people die, but they wouldn't have reacted in the way that these that 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 uh, had the effect on on these aliens, especially the Mayweather one, to change their minds and help them. You know, um, I think they would have been in a little more trouble with some of the other captains. So, yeah, easily by far the best episode of Enterprise. You know, like. Um, levels above dear doctor for me um listeners let us know are we full of malarkey or um do you guys agree um i would love to hear from some people about this episode um all right steve adam what is this episode about humanity it's about humanity i mean you know overcoming um um 
At least for me, you know, the prejudice of the aliens who just assumed that um, humanity was going to react just like everybody else. Um, so it, it, to me, it, was, uh, it showed what humanity was capable of and, and what it is. Um, it's full of compassion and looking out for um, their fellow man. Yeah, and, and I think we've said this kind of thing before, but you know, shows that like celebrate humanity, episodes that celebrate humanity, that, that's such a feel-good thing. But I think an, an additional layer to this to me is when it really hit me was that whole um, – you know, it's observer effect. These are observers and so on. And then amongst that whole speech and that exchange, it, you know, it's like, you know, observing compassion. Then our, no, you have to do that. To know compassion, you have to experience that for yourself. You have to do that yourself. It's, and I think that not only speaks to humanity and compassion, it speaks to, it speaks to behavior. It speaks to you can't live life by watching watching life you have to do life and 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 that's that's what i thought was so you know revelatory in this episode yeah archer suggests the aliens have to should experience compassion for themselves so i so i guess we 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 assume then that that they fixed it up to everybody's memory i would assume so yeah <laughs> yeah yep i love it love this episode all right. Let's do six degrees for observer effect. Uh, Steve went first last time. So, Adam. Yes. Trip, Trip mentions the, again, obviously no guest stars, so you're getting general, generic trivia. Uh, Trip mentions the film The Andromeda Strain to Hoshi. That film was directed by the guy that directed the first Star Trek feature, which really makes my brain hurt when I try and imagine. So, there, so. That movie is real, and that director was real. So he made a movie that was Star Trek, but it, well, he didn't. I, I, oh, it hurts. Uh, what was that director's name? Um, was it Ron Livingston? No. Steve? It? Steve? Uh, Robert Wise? You're correct, Robert Wise. Uh, Day of the Earth is still... And uh, didn't he, before he was a director... I mean, of course, you know, Sound of Music and West Side Story, but... I think he was an editor before he was director. I feel like maybe he, he, he edited is for Citizen Kane, right? Right. Yeah, that's right. Citizen yeah. Kane, of course, which was way ahead of his time editing wise. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, but you know, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Like, it kind of messes my brain up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit because they didn't make a Star Trek movie in Star Trek universe, but that guy's real, and he oh, okay. <laughs> um, uh, Steve. We will see the Organians in a little over 100 years on the original series. Name the episode. Um, Errand of Mercy. You are correct. Steve takes it for the day. Yes, indeed. Um, all right. That was. A, I'm glad we went over on Observer Effects since we were only discussing two episodes today. Uh, but I'll remind our listeners, um, you know, we're, we're occasionally changing it up. Uh, there are a couple of times this season we're only going to talk about two episodes so that we don't break up one of these three-episode arcs or something, or a two-episode one-two, whatever. Um, so, um, let's see. So today, we got Data Listen Observer Effect, but two weeks from now, we will be talking about three episodes again. Two weeks from now, we'll do Babel 1, uh, United, and the ANR. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> um, so, looking forward to that. And then, of course... 
Um, you know, a couple of weeks after that, we'll do another three-part one. And then the week after that, we're going to do a Star Trek Beyond discussion, which is very exciting. Um, yes, um, that last trailer was great. Um, so, thank you very much for spending an hour with us. And we hope you come back in a couple of weeks. Till then... You can send us an email. That's trekcompanion at gmail.com. Are we right or wrong about Observer Effect? Let us know. You can follow us on Twitter. That's at Trek Companion. And our Facebook listener page is facebook.com slash trekcompanion. So um, thank you again. And until next time, take it easy. Bye, guys. See you. I passed it.